0: Welcome to The Pulse on Acaville Radio, hosted by Rachel Schoenbaum. Welcome back to another episode of The Pulse. I'm your host, Rachel Schoenbaum, and today I am so thrilled to welcome Mary Rose Hahn and Kieran Bartels from Treble on Huntington from Northeastern University. Welcome, ladies. How are you?
1: Doing well. Thank you so much for having us. Kieran and I are really excited to represent Treble and be on The Pulse today. So happy to have you. I would love to
0: start off asking for folks who are less familiar with Treble. Treble on Huntington is a full name, but you guys go by Treble. I wonder if you could just talk a little bit about how the group got started.
1: Yeah, oh. Absolutely. Treble was founded in the fall of 2007 at Northeastern. And before us, there was no all-female group on campus. And this is a really big part of our identity, not only in terms of our voice parts and the music we create, but I think that we form such a strong friendship with the group of girls that we have. I would say that our group really is friends first, the music second. And I think that that drives us a lot in what we try to accomplish together and keeping in mind that we care about each other other people before we let the pressure get to us sometimes and it's one of the most rewarding and like best parts of being in this group and I hope I can speak for both Kieran and I and especially being music director and in a leadership position of this group it's very important that we keep that in mind.
2: And yeah. we're also we're relatively small so currently we have eight members last semester we had 12 so it kind of ranges but we tend to be a pretty tight-knit group.
0: Do you guys audition every semester? Is that something that you do? Because some groups, you know, audition on an annual basis. So I wonder, how how do you guys handle that?
1: So we do audition every semester. This year was definitely a little bit different. We didn't hold any auditions in the fall, but we were able to successfully have a spring round of auditions, which is really wonderful. We took two new members who are amazing. And yeah, we normally do it two times a year. We'll take new members.
0: And so you sort of alluded to the fact that in the fall, you didn't. And I think we can all assume that's because of COVID and the challenges that were in place because of that. And I wonder, how have you all been riding that
2: storm? So the reason we took a hiatus in the fall was because we didn't want to be a group and not have anything to work towards. It seemed kind of pointless to meet twice a week and just have nothing, no goal on the horizon because we couldn't perform in person. And that was like our normal big goal at the end of the semester or throughout the semester. It made sense that while the world was kind of understanding how to live day to day with COVID, that we need to take that time as a group and realize that we also needed to do that. So I think it was good. I think we definitely all felt the loss a little bit during the fall semester, but coming back in the spring, I think We are so much more prepared. We've spent a lot of time kind of perfecting virtual rehearsals. And also we were able to take new people with the expectation that they would be a part of the group. They'd be a part of the projects. We'd have things that everyone can work towards. So I think it was a good decision, definitely a hard one, but I think in the end, it ended up being the right one.
0: What was for you all the hardest part about the shift from in-person
1: to a virtual environment? I think that for us, the hardest part would have been not seeing each other. For me, it was definitely difficult knowing that virtually things cannot have the same excitement mm-hmm. and reward that comes along with like having something click and being able to do it and show each other. So the hardest part, I think, was just losing that time in person with our friends.
2: Also, like you don't really know what an acapella song sounds like until you're all in a room singing it. And we definitely have missed that this past year because you can try your best virtually, but you really can't sing together virtually. It's one at a time working through the parts. So we've missed that whole sound that we just, we can't get right now, but we will in the future. (laughs) We'll get it again. Absolutely.
0: I wonder in this time, were there tricks or things that you all learned that have benefited
1: you all as you move forward? I think one big thing that we've been striving to do virtually is to hear everyone's voice a little bit more, everyone's individual voice. I think in a cappella, it's very easy to be thinking about blend. how does this person sound with this person and kind of like make one unison sound. But through this virtual like platform of rehearsing, we were able to do a lot more like solo spotlights and stuff like that in rehearsal that really reminds you how talented and how different everyone's voice is and the beauty of how different everyone is in this group and so I think that was a huge thing we learned as a group doing things virtually
2: we've also been able to spend more time with people Mm -hmm. individually as well with our newest single that we just released rainberry we went through the song measure by measure with every person at one like one time each person going through it and that's just like a fine-tooth comb that we don't normally get in person because you know when you're in person you're working on different things versus like prepping for a recording virtually so we really just like dove into the music and really got it to perfection essentially for a recording setting. And so I think that also attributed to how well I personally think that the single turned out was because we got that time to work on each part individually and fine-tune everything.
0: I mean you lead me very nicely into the next question. So you mentioned the new single Rainberry and first off congratulations on getting that out the door. That's a huge accomplishment. Thank you so much. Thank you. And
1: before we listen to it, I would love Love to just find out a little bit more about how Rainberry came to be sure absolutely so we actually got Rainberry arranged in the fall of 2019 and so we have been working with it it's been in our repertoire for a little while now we felt that it was going to be our song of the year it was going to be like the start to a set if we had a set to perform at a competition and we felt very strongly about this song and we didn't want it to just lose its time in the spotlight as we wind down as a group thought if we have the time, if we have the capability to record safely and with the comfort of everyone involved, we should try to work towards that. And so slowly, it definitely was a long process, as Kieran mentioned earlier, with the road bumps in the fall. But slowly and slowly, we started rehearsing. We set up a time to record remotely. And then the mixing and editing came after that. And we were able to do a great promotion of it in the spring. That's
0: awesome. In terms of the recording process, how was that for you? Was it very different than other
2: recording? That you have done? Personally, I joined the group in the beginning of my sophomore year, so fall of 2019. So I had never done an in person recording because our plans for that year were create a great set, have a bunch of different options, and then at the end of the spring, record a couple songs. Obviously, that wasn't able to happen. So I've only had the virtual recording experience. But our amazing mixer, Angela, and she was also our sound engineer, we zoomed in with her and she had a bunch of programs installed on our computers. And she was pretty much controlling my computer from her end. And we just worked through it section by section. There were a couple bumps like figuring out how long each section could be because you can't sing through the entire song because it's too difficult. So you have to break it up into parts but Angela was amazing she would like create on the spot little compilations so we could hear how it sounded and she was great working with the soloist she's like what do you think about when you get to this section and oh, pretend you're on the stage in Baracus which is one of the places that we like to perform it has great acoustics and she's like pretend that you are performing this like what is your sound like just put yourself in the moment and so even though it was virtual it did feel like kind of like an in-person recording which was I think exactly what we needed wonderful well let's take a listen to rainberry
0: the soloist on this is madeline bud pearson the vp is kieran bartels the arranger is elliot von went and the recording editing and mixing is by angela marie ugolini here are treble on huntington with rainberry hold up hold up there past me we don't have a license to play music on this podcast so if you want to hear this interview uninterrupted including all the fantastic music that's involved go to aquaville.org and become a member Thanks. And now we return you to our regularly scheduled interview. I love the jazzy feel of this tune. It it just makes you feel warm and fuzzy on the inside when you listen.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely one of our favorites, too. I think that the treble has really worked towards achieving a more jazzy sound. And it's been due to the incredible work of our rangers who have really gotten to know our voices and our style. And I think that Rainberry is just a perfect example of what we've been working towards as a group. So thank you.
0: So I wanted to ask, you know, you had mentioned before that the group is a little bit smaller than it's been in the past. And I wonder, with the ability to be more focused on each of the voices, does your arranger then make eight-part arrangements? Is that something that you work towards or maybe is important to you?
1: I definitely think that as a group that changes in terms of how many people are in a voice part. We definitely like to prepare our members to be able to take a part for themselves. Another interesting, I think, fun fact about our group, too, is that we actually don't have a vocal percussionist that is only doing vocal percussion. So Kieran is our primary VP at the moment. But when people join our group, we do have to let them know that everyone in trouble has the capability to beatbox and will be able to beatbox a song because we don't have a solo VP person in the group.
2: Yeah. And it kind of rotates. So my title right now is primary VP, but I sing on Rainberry as well. We're in the process of preparing to record another song, and I only sing in that song. And so pretty much my role is just teaching, making sure that everyone has the facilities and the kit to be able to beatbox on a song. And we never push anyone it's always like do you want to do this and if they are we give them that opportunity but it's really cool because on stage we're passing around the beatboxing mic because no one is just that one person and also just like being able to bond over teaching and passing down these skills because it's not like someone comes in the group with all these skills it's like these have been passed down from past members and so it's kind of like this cool waterfall effect of like how everybody in the group can beatbox now, which is kind of unique, I think. It's absolutely unique. And
0: I love that beyond words that you have. I, I mean, maybe that's an appropriate metaphor, but of that it's not something that you have to have in your back pocket that you can come in and learn it and then be featured right? And have a chance to shine at something that maybe you might not have had the
1: gumption to do on your own. Absolutely. We also like to say it's really, it's a cool party trick. Beatbox, it's a nice thing to just pull out. So there are benefits to learning it
2: otherwise too. Absolutely.
1: So another thing that you sort of alluded to before that I
0: wanted to ask about is competition. I I know that Treble competes at various sorts of things, things like ICCA and things like Boss and other sorts of events that happen in and around the greater northeastern United States, not northeastern specifically. But I wonder, some of those competitions are still happening in a virtual format or in a different
1: format, and is that something that you all thought about participating in? I think that. It was hard for us to imagine putting the pressure of competition on our group as a whole. Of course, it would have been a phenomenal and unique experience, but I think that we did want to focus more on just getting grounded getting comfortable being virtual and trying to work towards putting something tangible out like a single or something or like a music video or something like that so I do think that while it was a consideration we definitely wanted to take this time to not overwhelm our members with the stress that comes along with the competition and it's been fun keeping up with like neighboring groups too who are doing so phenomenal in these competitions it's nice to be a spectator sometimes too and so I think that's kind of the where we came from with making that decision I also
2: yeah. think that now that were here and we chose not to it definitely was the right decision because I think at this point right now everyone is past the point of burnout with zoom and it's just it's something that we realize now that if we had chosen to do a competition those zoom rehearsals would have been more they would have been more frequent they would have been longer and just looking now how much we're doing is just about how much everyone can take so i think that it was really the right decision because it just would have been too much and it would have taken away from like just being a group and being back together for a semester after being on hiatus for one right.
1: I just have yeah. so much admiration for all these groups that are. Oh, yeah out <laughs> such amazing content right now seriously so much kudos
0: yeah i feel that well we've had a, a little bit of a taste of trouble in huntington and next up we're going to be hearing them do taste before before we do, I wanted to ask about the song. And can you talk a little bit about how this tune came into your rep?
2: I want to say first that Mary is the soloist on this this single. She's incredible. But this was a part of a set that we did the year before I joined actually. And so they recorded it before I joined the group. But it was one of the first songs that I heard of Trouble before I joined. And it was on repeat on Spotify for me for like the weeks coming up to the auditions and posts after. And I looked in my Spotify rap for that year and it was like taste was at the top. (laughs) It was just an incredible arrangement. It kind of started the trickle into the jazziness. It's not super jazzy, but we were starting to find more of our sound when we were doing that song. And so it's just like an amazing arrangement. And I think that everyone really connected with it. And that's what made it sound so good.
1: Sorry, it's felt kind of strange to talk about the song as, as a soloist, but I definitely think like, it holds a really special place in my heart and everyone that was part of Travel at the time we were competing with it. It opened our set and it was just such an attention grabber, I'd like to say. And we also have been so lucky to gain a couple awards from this at, at ICCA and from other recording awards in the acapella community. And so it's definitely a really special one to us.
0: Well, we're going to hear Taste. It's performed by travel on huntington the soloist as we mentioned is mary rose Hahn. the vp is natalie jones and the arranger is Elliot vatwin here is taste hold up hold up there past me we don't have a license to play music on this podcast so if you want to hear this interview uninterrupted including all the fantastic music that's involved go to aquaville.org and become a member Thanks. And now we return you to our regularly scheduled interview. Yeah, I can see what you mean about that sort of initial jazz influence that you were that's starting to make its way in. It was such a lovely tune.
1: Thank <laughs> you. That first riff
0: just plays in my in my head all day long. <laughs> as well as should. You mentioned before also that you're recording more. That this new release that we originally talked about isn't the only thing that's on your docket. And so I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what's coming up.
2: I wanna quickly mention in the spring, obviously we had plans to record, but it didn't happen. So Rainberry and also this, this upcoming song that we're doing features our alumni from the spring semester. So they're no longer in the group. They're not actively in our rehearsals except for preparing for recording. So it's been a cool fusion of our alumni and our new people as well. We obviously wanted to give them that opportunity that they would have had except that COVID happened. So they're on the recording. They were a big part of creating that sound. And we thought it was important that they also be on the recording. So it's just been really cool that we, we kind of get them for like a year longer than we would have if um, things are still in person. But I just wanted to put that out there because I think that's important to mention about both these songs that we have or what's coming.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, that's a really good point. I think one thing that Boston area groups that maybe is unique to Boston areas or maybe to the Northeast, but the fact that you're in a city that retains your alumni, means that you have this beautiful opportunity of connection and history that isn't apart from you, right? It's it's with you, really. It sounds like that really allowed for you to keep those folks involved and move forward with some of your initiatives that maybe you wouldn't
1: have been able to. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that even though they aren't members of the group anymore. They're always gonna be such special people to us and friends to us and alumni of the group. And they contributed so much over the past few years of trouble. And so we're very thankful to them. And like you were mentioning about the acapella scene in Boston more specifically, it is not only at Northeastern, you've got so many schools in this area that have phenomenal groups. And it really does feel like even now in these circumstances, a community, we have groups reaching out saying like, oh, like when things get better in the fall, we would love to collaborate you just like making future plans and it's very heartwarming to know that we are still thinking of each other even though everyone's going through their own hard times right now
2: to go back to your original question but we are going to be recording another song at the end of this month it'll be really similar process and we're we're doing the same prep that we did for rainberry so our alumni are starting to come back to our rehearsals we're working on it with a fine tooth comb just going through all of the music and we have high hopes that it'll be just as amazing as rainberry where angela will be doing the same thing she did last time. So I mean, with her genius, I think that it'll be pretty amazing. <laughs> Angela
1: uh, can just take the reins on everything. Honestly.
2: I know. <laughs> <laughs> take the
0: reins, Barry. <laughs> Sorry. So at some point, you all will become the alumni that you are now working with. Sad tears and, and hopefully way far in the future, except for your parents or loans that are potentially coming. But when that happens, happens and you come to I don't know a reunion or to homecoming or something you know something where where you come back what what do you hope to see the group doing where would you like to see them go
1: for me personally and I'm sure Kieran feels the same way our role in the group has always been to direct us musically and make sure that we are moving forward as a group with our music with our sound but i think that everyone that we take into the group we look past the actual singing voice and we look more towards what is the potential this person could bring to the group because i'm sure Kern feels the same way that i've always felt that my biggest goal would be to leave the group in a better place than when I joined. And I felt I already joined in a great place of the group and I was so lucky to, but I think that we we really keep that in mind as we grow forward as a group. And so, I mean, if they just keep things up and keep taking people that they love and want to have in their life as just good friends, I've no doubt that travel will just continue to grow and continue to be incredible.
2: I just hope to see like the friendship. Because on like a normal in-person, like last year, we spent six hours rehearsing every week. And then that would bump up to even more during competition season. And then on top of that, we'd hang out on the weekends. We'd get lunch together. It wasn't just like, a, oh, this is a requirement. You have to meet Monday, Wednesday rehearsal. It was like, I spent so much time with these people already <laughs> to spend more time with them. <laughs> just like that center of friendship that the group has had for a very long time. And I have no doubt that it'll continue, but... That is just my biggest hope for the group, is that that stays. And I think it will. I would be shocked if it didn't. Yeah. Well,
0: that love that you generated, like, it must be considered your finest hour. And I wonder if we can talk a little bit before we say goodbye about Finest Hour, which was selected for BOCA 2020, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yes. Yes, it was. It was.
1: So okay. congrats on that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's Finest Hour is, oh my gosh, it was so fun to record. It was definitely a song that every group has songs that are just more difficult to get to a comfortable place. Not because of anything that anyone's doing wrong, but it can just be a difficult arrangement. It can just be a difficult song for us to grasp as a group. But I felt that when we got comfortable with it, when we were able to compete with it and record it, gosh, it just sounds so phenomenal recorded. Angela did a wonderful job with it. And so much credit definitely goes to like our VP solo and bass and Finest Hour. They sound phenomenal. And this one is just, it's very reminiscent of old treble, I would say. Before we started getting into a bit more jazzy, bit more fast paced, I think that it's so grounded and a really good tribute. To one of our albums, Zenith. Awesome.
0: Well, with everything that you both have going on, I am so grateful that you took some time to speak with us. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, you too.
1: Like, all I have is time to spend on Zoom. So, (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much.
0: Well, as we say goodbye to Treble on Huntington and wish them the best of luck in their future endeavors, we'll be hearing Finest Hour. The soloist is Natalie Jones. The VP is Sydney Delorada. The arrangement is Anthony Polito, and it was edited by Hannah Tobias. Here are Treble on Huntington with Finest Hour. Thanks for listening to this week's The Pulse, only on Acaville Radio. Remember, Acaville Radio is your home for the best in acapella news, music, and video, only at acaville.org.